Hello, I'm Greg Novak. This is The Cunning of Geist, Episode 6. Welcome back. A friend of mine, John Early, recently sent me a message, and he was aware of the Cunning of Geist podcast, and he suggested that I do an episode specifically on Hegel and Martin Luther King. He was aware that Martin Luther King had studied Hegel and thought it would be a good topic idea for the podcast. I, I agreed. I thought it was a great idea and decided to do it. So let's get started. Martin Luther King. He was one of the greatest civil rights leaders of all time. Uh, he's, in fact, one of the four um, people that have a United States federal holiday honoring their birthday. Um, the other three are Christopher Columbus, George Washington, it's now called President's Day, and Jesus, whose birthday is celebrated on Christmas. And in America, Christmas is a federal holiday. And then, obviously, Martin Luther King, whose birthday is, is celebrated every January. Martin Luther King received his Ph.D. in 1955 from Boston University. And one of his professors there was Dr. Edgar Brightman. And it was from Dr. Brightman that, that King studied Hegel. And specifically, he studied Hegel's phenomenology of spirit, Hegel's philosophy of history, and Hegel's philosophy of right. But his writings clearly showed that he was well-versed in most of Hegel, and I'm sure he, was, he knew about the science of logic and the encyclopedia of the philosophical sciences, as we'll cover later on in this episode. Now, specifically regarding Hegel, there are four key areas that come up with respect to Martin Luther King. The first is the overcoming or sublation of two opposing forces, uh, finding resolution for two opposed uh, situations. Uh, Hegel uh, addresses this a lot, and so does Martin Luther King. The second area that I'll be covering is this concept of identity and difference. This is a very core Hegelian concept, and Martin Luther King actually discusses it in a very unique way, which we'll be getting to. The third area is what's called the three notions of being in itself, being for itself, and being in and for itself. Again, uh, these are key Hegelian concepts which Martin Luther King develops in a very unique way, which I'll be covering. And lastly, I'll be talking about how the cunning of Geist works through world historical figures. And King definitely believed that this was happening um, with himself and, and others, and I'll, I'll be covering that in some detail. So let's begin with the first item, which I said we discuss, and that is the overcoming of two opposing forces. And just some background here. Um, as, as you know, I'm a, one of the administrators of the Hegel Study Group, and we have uh, 18,000 members, and many of them are new to Hegel. And so many times, uh, newbies, if you will, will will say, oh, I know about Hegel. He's, he's the guy that had thesis, synthesis, and antithesis. 
And we always have to tell the, the new member, well, that's commonly attributed to Hegel, but actually Hegel rarely, if ever, used those terms. Uh, the closest that you can come to the thesis, antithesis, and th synthesis that Hegel used was, were the notions of um, the abstract, the negation, and the concrete. But the key thing here is that Hegel was not formulaic. You can't reduce Hegel to an equation, to an algorithm, uh, to a picture. Um, it's, it's pure thought just working itself through. And any kind of attempt to simplify Hegel into one method is usually going to end up um, uh, not understanding Hegel. So that being said, though, Martin Luther King did, in fact, use the terms thesis, antithesis, and synthesis. And uh, I think we can cut him some slack here. I'm, I'm sure that he was aware that Hegel himself never used those terms. But in his writings, I believe that MLK was trying to reach a broad audience and he was just couldn't go through all the detail that I'm going through in these podcasts about Hegel. So he used the terminology that was more familiar to the people at the time. So what, what he proposed um, was that, uh, and this is really central to, to Martin Luther King's mission. He, he, he saw, King saw on the one hand that there's an acquiescence to the status quo, to the, to the laws, to the given laws. And if those laws, if the status quo is corrupt or um, 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 abusive to certain members of, of society, the negation then of that law would be obviously violent disobedience. However, this is the genius of King, which he took from Hegel, which uh, was his program of nonviolent civic disobedience. That was his solution, to be nonviolent but to disobey the law. And through this method, he really changed things here in America and, and started the civil rights movement going. He, he really saw it as an overcoming of, of, of two forces, and he saw it in a, in a Hegelian sense, and he wrote about it. Uh, the contemporary philosopher Nolan Gertz had a very interesting quote about this. He said that Martin Luther King found a way to fight white America by turning the ideas of dead white men against the oppressive practices of living white men. I think that's just a terrific quote. Uh, King did a lot of research on, on Hegel when he was in uh, his PhD program, and there's an interesting paper that he wrote on being nothing and becoming while he was at BAU. And we've discussed being nothing and, and becoming before here in episode three, but King had a very unique take on, on these concepts, and that's the notion of identity and difference. What do I mean by that? Well, Hegel actually proposed a, a different way of, of, um, of logic. And this different way is what Hegel said was, for example, the traditional logic would say A equals A, and A does not equal not A. So a thing is what it is, and it's not what it is not. And that sounds pretty logical. But if you go to the beginning of the science of logic, Hegel lays out something very different. 
he goes to show that uh, he starts with presuppositionless being, and then he shows how that, in fact, turns out to be the same thing as nothing. And then nothing now, because it's a concept, has a being of its own. So being and nothing are, are both the same. They become one another. However, they are still distinct. They just don't melt away into each other. They are distinct notions that uh, come together in the notion of, of, um, of becoming. So they are the same and yet different. And King pointed this out, that this was the first example of identity and difference in the, um, in the science of logic. And it pervades Hegel's philosophy in, in many different places. Um, you can find the, the notion of identity and difference um, in, in a lot of different areas. For example, mind and body. Um, subject and object, rationality and nature, form and content. These notions are all examples of identity and difference where they're separate concepts, but they come together into one. There's an identity there. And we'll obviously be talking about this more in future episodes. There's another thing that Hegel, or that excuse me, MLK did when he was at BU, he, he wrote down on one sheet of paper a diagram of Hegel's entire philosophical outlook. And it's really amazing to, to see if you can pull it up on, um, on the internet. I'll try to describe it as best I can. First of all, Martin Luther King acknowledges that Hegel sees everything as absolute reality. So that's all and everything, absolute reality. That's the whole kit and caboodle. And this absolute reality is broken down into three parts per Hegel, and that is logic, nature, and spirit. And we've talked about this before. These are the three main areas of the encyclopedia, the philosophical sciences of, of Hegel. King goes on to show that each of those three areas breaks down in turn into three other areas. Logic breaks down in, into being, essence and concept. Nature breaks down into mechanics, physics and organics. And spirit breaks down into subjective spirit, objective spirit and absolute spirit. Now, subjective spirit is what we commonly call as psychology, your personal psychology. Objective spirit is how people come together and work together in society. And absolute spirit is what we talked about before, is how spirit, mind, geist, works itself through society and history with art, religion, and philosophy. We talked about that in, in episode two in detail. Um, it's interesting, though, what, what Martin Luther King adds here is he points out that logic is what Hegel would refer to as being in itself. Nature is what Hegel would refer to as being for itself. And spirit is what, uh, would, what Hegel would refer to as being in and for itself combination. And what do we mean by this? Well, first of all, these concepts being in itself, for itself, and in and for itself are core Hegelian concepts, which we'll, I'm sure, be covering in a lot more detail in the future. However, just for now, being in itself is, is potential. It's being that is not yet actualized itself. It's, for example, like a plant that contains, uh, a seed that contains a plant. 
Um, the plant is sort of in the seed, but the plant is not actualized yet. You can take the whole science of logic, and that's just rationality, but it hasn't become manifest yet. It hasn't become concrete. It's not operating in the world yet. It's just in its own space, in its own abstract space. That's being in itself. For nature, however, we have being for itself. And this is essentially being that is self-referential, that can see itself. Um, Self-consciousness sees itself in, in, um, in another. In other words, um, Hegel details this in, in the Phenomenology of Spirit, that there, you cannot have a self-consciousness by itself. You only know that you have self-consciousness when confronted with another self-consciousness, which is very interesting. Um, and, and Hegel actually hints at this early in, this, in the science of logic when he talks about something. And we, we covered this in a previous episode. You can't just have something by itself. You have to have something and, and, and other. Um, so you have to have two somethings. <laughs> Both are other to each other. And that, that's a, a preliminary notion of what he gets to in terms of self-referential being, which is in nature. And um, the highest part of nature according to Hegel, is organics. And these, this is where beings have a sense of themselves and others. The third area is spirit, which Hegel calls being in and for itself. It's the whole, it's completeness, it's being that finds itself within itself and finds itself within the other. So it doesn't just see itself versus another, um, it sees itself both within itself and within the other in terms of a complete whole. And this is spirit. This is being in and for itself. And we'll certainly discuss these concepts much more in future episodes because they're very critical to, to understanding Hegel. And lastly, we come to the, the fourth area of this episode that I would like to discuss, and that's uh, the cunning of Geist and the movement of history through um, individuals. And Martin Luther King clearly believed in this Hegelian concept, and he saw it operating through the civil rights movement. In particular, he called Rosa Parks a world historical figure. And she was an African-American woman that refused to give up her bus seat to a white man in 1955 in Montgomery, Alabama. And this created a, a big uproar, and um, it really got the civil rights movement going. Um, she's been called the first lady of civil rights, and I believe she even got a Nobel Peace Prize, if I'm not mistaken. And she became an international icon as a result of this act of peaceful civil disobedience. And she worked with Martin Luther King during the time as they were getting the civil rights movement off the ground. And King clearly believed that Rosa Parks was one of these world historical individuals that history was working through, that Geist was, um, had um, taken control of and was uh, working through. And when I say taking control of, I don't mean that Geist is some separate being or entity that's used her like a puppet. It's n no way. But um, she sensed the time, sensed the spirit of the age, sensed what, what she needed to have accomplished and, and uh, performed her role. Um, 
King also viewed himself as a world historical figure. He clearly believed that the march of history had thrust upon him a unique mission. This is very Hegelian. And he, it was up to him to fulfill that mission. He had a calling here. Uh, he had a job to do. And he, he obviously met the challenge and did it, did it very, very well. Of course, we clearly have a very long way still to go in terms of civil rights in America and around the world. But uh, there's no denying the, uh, the impact that Martin Luther King had in terms of getting things started here in America and around the world, as I said. One other point I think it's important to, to mention here as we're discussing MLK and Hegel King is quoted as saying that he did not buy 100% into everything that Hegel had to say. And there were a few sort of cryptic mentions of what, what bothered him. And I tried to research this in, in more detail. And I really couldn't come up with anything. It may be out there, but I, I couldn't find it. Uh, however, what we do know is that, that Martin Luther King was an ordained Christian minister. And uh, he... As such, uh, he might have had issue with uh, Hegel's take on Christianity, which, as you know, we discussed in the last episode, um, is a very unorthodox view and very Hegelian. So um, this was not specifically what I read that w w was the issue that King had, but it's, it doesn't surprise me that, that King would not be 100% um, Hegelian uh, because of this. Um, but he certainly found so much of Hegel to inspire him and, and to give him uh, direction in terms of his movement that um, in terms of all the areas we've covered in this episode, it's really, really remarkable. Now, is, is Hegel still relevant? We get this question a lot in the Hegel study group. Obviously he is. He was um, extremely relevant to Martin Luther King. Uh, it, it gave King a direction, a framework to, to um, put his program in place. And um, it, Hegel is still relevant today. One of our members, Andy Blunden, in the Hegel study group, Andy just published a book called Hegel for Social Movements, which shows that the Hegel still is very much, uh, his concepts live today in terms of social movements. So, that is a very brief rundown of, of Hegel and, and Martin Luther King. Uh, we, we do discuss King and Hegel every Martin Luther King day in, in the Hegel study group once a year. But, but I thought, uh, given John Early's suggestion, it would be a good thing to cover it now. So we will be getting into more of these Hegelian concepts in future episodes. And I want to thank you all for, uh, for joining us. The podcast seems to be getting good reception. We will see you next time. Thank you.